Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. So today we are going to continue our series looking at players uh, from the 2021-2022 Purdue basketball season. Uh, we are starting, of course, with the folks who were no longer going to be with the team. So with the Eric Hunter Jr. news being in flux, so we're kind of passing late. him at least for the week. Uh, and we're going to spend today's podcast talking about Jaden Ivey. But I have a question for Casey at the top related to some news that came out recently uh, about the Big Ten basketball tournament. Casey, you ready? I'm so ready! So the the tournament has generally uh, been alternated between Indianapolis and Chicago. Uh, There was, of course, that swing on the East Coast where they went to Washington, D.C. and New York City. Um, Well, it was announced just, I believe, last week that in 2024, the Big Ten men's and women's basketball tournament will be heading to the Target Center in Minneapolis, uh, the same location where the Minnesota Timberwolves play. And uh, that will be the first time, I believe it has gone further west, or no, well, I guess it's further west than Chicago. It's tough to say. Yes. I believe it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes. So do you think this is a good north, idea? If it were directly north, it would be in a lake. Yes, there you go. Uh, do you think this is a good idea or a bad idea? Okay. I feel like you have thoughts just based on that okay there. I do, and, like, there's a lot of them that I could say in favor of any major metropolis that is a good walking city with a healthy downtown and arena there. Mm-hmm. If you have those things, it is a good and fun and okay and new experience to have in new cities. However, if it is going to be early March and you're going to send <laughs> my ass to Minnesota, <laughs> blank off, Big Ten. I don't want to go. It's cold. I, have you ever been to the arena in, in Minnesota? I've not. I've never been to Minnesota. So I am honestly not a good person to talk about this because I, I don't know the city. I've heard decent things. I'm sure it's a swell time. You can argue that Chicago is not exactly a warm place in March as well. Right. But that is more north under my understanding. And yes, I believe yes. it gets colder and even more snow. So I I actually lived in Minnesota for a summer. Oh, so this question should be yours. Uh, <laughs> but again, it was a summer. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I was working for Special Olympics Minnesota, and it was about you. yes. It, I mean, and I, I spent some time in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul, because the office I was working at was was in Minneapolis. Uh, so I had to drive into uh, the city like three days a week uh, to go to the office and work in there. And honestly, it was a very nice city. Um, I do not know anything about the arena or even really where it's located. Um, That's so weird. Uh, You're a notorious sports fan. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not a huge NBA fan. So, and it, mm, it just wasn't you and any. Travis are like the same person. No, 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 no. Listen, <laughs> I don't hate the NBA. I just, I just don't really watch it. Okay. Um, so. There's also not NBA going on in the summer, so. It, yes, exactly. And it, so it looks like it's actually right by the, where the Twins play, um, Target Field. So I'm vaguely familiar with that okay. area, it turns out. So it's so, downtown, right? Yes. Yeah. And there is, I mean, there are a lot of restaurants within walking distance. There are hotels right in that area. How is the general vibe of downtown Minneapolis? Um, I'm trying to think of a city I would compare it mm-hmm. to. It's like, it's not too terribly far off from from like the vibe of downtown Bloomington. What? Like, cause it's not real. I mean, cause like there's a lot of bars right next to each other. Um, it's a so it's a tiny little town. <laughs> no, I'm saying the vibe in general. Uh, may, that's maybe so not the weird like middle aged 
Like yes. middle-aged racist mixed with hippie. Yes. On a, okay, here, let me let me scratch that. I'll give you another. It, it's Honestly, it's not too different from Indianapolis. Okay, I got so thrown off by Bloomington. I was well, expecting a major metropolis to be named. No. And you hit me with Bloomington. I was just trying to come up with something that... It doesn't matter. My my logic. In my head, <laughs> I had logic in my head. It didn't. St- it didn't. It didn't meet the test of time once I spoke it out loud. Um. So I mean, it's really it's not that far away from Indianapolis. Um. Because okay. there are a lot. Of, there are a lot of buildings downtown with with offices, and so there's a lot of folks after dinner going out to bars, going out for happy hours, and around um around the arena there are a lot of bars. A couple I've been to now that I'm realizing it. Um. But it's again, it's it's a fine city. Uh, can't say I've ever been there in the winter, and uh, that is troubling, like you said. But I overall, I'm for this move. I, I think it's good for the tournament to kind of rotate and get at least closer to some as of long, the as some of the as, teams that we've added. As long as we preemptively agree, this is never going to Omaha. <laughs> yeah, that'd be bad. Nebraska be does bad. not deserve it. Hopefully, by the time that we can consider that, we're also considering throwing Nebraska out of the Big Ten. Let's hope. One day. Um, One day. Okay. I have a question for you, then. Yes. What city would you want to see next that it hasn't been to already? It's been in New York City, uh, Washington, D.C. It has been in Indianapolis, Chicago. Am I missing any? No. Because I know where I would want it to be, and I think it's going to be controversial. But where, where would you like to see it next? I think if, if you I'm, say if, if Bloomington, I, have, I no, am going to no. blow my mind. If I have to choose a city that it has not been you in. You do, I'm because gonna, I asked you. Exactly. I'm going to say Philadelphia. Oh, is this because we – do you want to go back for the, the I want to go rib? back, yeah. That was a delicious, delicious uh, lunch. So, but okay, no, there's I, no I think Big it, Ten teams there, right? You're going to yes, count Penn true. State? It's like five hours away, isn't it? Well, I'm I'm going to count Penn State because it's in the same state. But that at least I think is – it's centrally – you know, it's like not a home campus. That's really the only thing that bugs me about it being in, in uh, Minneapolis is it's so close to actually, you know, Minnesota's campus. But if you do it in Philly, you're not far really from Ohio State. You're not far from Penn State. Everybody – has to kind of travel to get there, but it's also a city that's good to visit. Got a lot of stuff you can do, and I think it would be good for the fans. Um, so it that's that doesn't my feel like a Big Ten city. That's fair. So do you? I mean, do you have one in mind? You said it's controversial. I do. We're gonna, we're gonna run through a couple real quick, and we're gonna cut them off. Champaign, Illinois. No, never. Not happening. Uh, Bloomington. Not happening. Uh, let's see what else is not happening. Um, East Lansing. Not happening. Ann Arbor. Eh, not a bad little city. I like Ann Arbor. I like Ann Arbor, too. But if we're going to go up north again for a Big Ten team, and this isn't my official choice, but Madison, unbelievable I've heard, city. I, I, I've never spent any time in Madison, but everyone says it's like the greatest campus in, in the world. Unbelievable city, because it, it is Cole Center campus directly into downtown. And it is a lovely downtown. Um, I've been there for one, one or two games. Absolutely love it. Could not love it more. But if we are going to have a big Big Ten showcase and we can take it anywhere we want, New York City, Washington, D.C., let's bring it to Louisville. It what? Warmer weather, lo- geographically, still kind of within the middle of the Big Ten. There's not even a Big Ten school in that it state. It doesn't matter. There's So? doesn't matter. It is right there on the border, right there with Indiana, right next to Ohio. Illinois is close. Louisville as a city. As someone that was there for that Sweet 16 Elite Eight, 
perfect city for hosting a tournament. Walkable downtown, bourbon everywhere, restaurants everywhere. You can stay cheaply if you just cross the state line, stay in Indiana. Cincinnati is right there as well. It is a perfect location, not too far from many of the schools. And I'm just saying, as a city to hold a tournament, it doesn't get any better than Louisville. Okay, I will grant you that it is an interesting choice, but I find it hard to believe that the Big Ten would put the tournament in a state that does not have one of two things. They don't have a Big Ten school, which, of course, they put it in New York and they put it in, in D.C., but those they consider part of a big I'm, media I'm market, sorry, and that's Ledman. number two. What Big Ten school is in New York? The, I literally just said they don't have a Big Ten school, okay. but they're part of a big media market that connects to a Big Ten school. Okay, that's not how stuff works anymore. Well, it is for Big Ten when they're getting TV money. You're right. I The fact I'm not following and doing Big Ten logic, I, I'm definitely the dummy because they are 100% perfect on their choices. Hey, all I'm saying <laughs> is they make hundreds of millions of dollars on TV deals. So they make all more I'm than saying, any you conference. Put it in Louisville so and everyone's going to have a good freaking time. They have goat races down there, Ledman. Goat races in the bar. I am not interested in that. It's in many the goats running around in a track, and then you get to pet them afterwards. I saw someone carry a goat out of a bar, Ledman. I doesn't interest. What in what could not possibly be interesting about that? I mean, it just seems weird, right? That's the fun of it. Sure. Okay. The water, amazing water. I would not believe this waitress for the entire time we were at a whiskey bar that the water was just water from the tap. But their limestone down there just makes amazing one. It's probably why the bourbon tastes so good. What a weird reason to choose a location. They it's have good water. It's just a lovely town. That's very weird. If you get enjoyment from drinking this, like, almost floralish water, like, what? It's a lovely place. Sure. Okay. Well, um, with that in the books, we're going to take a break. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about Jaden Ivey and his career at Purdue. And we are back. So as promised at the top, we're going to talk about Jaden Ivey today and kind of ask the question that we have, you know, similarly with uh, with our other um, entries into this kind of program we're doing here. Trevion Williams and Sasha Stefanovich most recently is did we get all we could have out of Jaden Ivey? And, you know, was Jaden Ivey the player we expected him to be? He finished his second season as a Purdue Boilermaker, um, obviously lost in the Sweet 16 to St. Peter's. And then he announced he's heading to the NBA, which really surprised nobody. Um, but, Casey, I know you've been probably Ivy's biggest backer uh, throughout really his entire career at Purdue. So let me pose the question to you. I mean, do you think we got what we could out of Jaden Ivy this year? Was this the best version of college Jaden Ivy that we could have gotten? You're not asking the right question, Lebanon. Okay. What makes Jaden Ivey different from pretty much literally every other Purdue player is our experience with Jaden Ivey rooting for him as a basketball player over. And for I, the first time in a long time, since literally Glenn Big or Glenn Big Dog Robinson, our being able to root for Jaden Ivey is not over. His basketball career, where it is relevant in our lives, is not over. While I get that everyone is a Purdue fan, but me personally... Um, big reason why I got into the NFL and why I couldn't really turn away from it even when I wanted to is because the guy who I loved watching play quarterback for Purdue, Drew Brees, went on to have an incredible NFL career. And that weight of what he meant to Purdue at Purdue carried into his professional career. And for the first time in my lifetime, really, I, I have brief memories of Glenn Robinson as a kid, you know, 
playing in the NBA more than I do as a Purdue player. I'm finally going to get a guy that is going to be a top five draft pick that I get to watch for the next 10 to 15 years, not just be a role player in the NBA, but a potential star in the NBA. So while his college career obviously didn't end the way we wanted, did not have a great last game, even though I would argue that a lot of what people didn't like about his game and whatever was overblown and how many clutch shots did he hit? He hit one clutch big shot in the St. Peter's game late. Uh, yeah. We had a chance late and he almost hit another yeah, one. Almost hit a second one. Um, game winner against Ohio state twice in his career. You know, he, he had a lot of moments and he was a phenomenal thing to watch. And now I get a root for that at the next level. And that at least to me is special. And that gets to carry through for the next 10 to 15 years, hopefully. And we can say all we want about one year, this being a disappointment. Sure. But the Jaden Ivy experience is not over with. And that's not other schools get to like cheer for their guys a lot. And they get to watch, you know, their players make it to the NBA and have success. We haven't really had that as part of our generation. And Jaden Ivy is the first one to kind of give us that opportunity. So I, I don't like, it sucks. We lost, but that's a team thing. I don't put that on Jaden Ivy. And I am more excited about the fact that I'm going to get to, root for him going forward in a way that I haven't really gotten to root. Like you would see the random Etuan Moore game and like, it would be the most hype I'd be for an NBA game all year. Cause you're like, Oh cool. He scored 18 points. Well, this guy's going to score 20 points a game in the NBA. Okay. And that's really cool. Nothing you said is wrong, but I think you're, you're sidestepping the question because you really like him as a player and that's fine. And I get that looking at his numbers. It looks great compared from his freshman year to his sophomore year. He, he averaged seven more minutes a game, but despite that, his field goal percentage went up by 6.1%. That's a his lot. Three point, his three-point percentage went up 10%. That's a lot. His free throw percentage went up 1.8. These. Re, rebounds went up 1.6. Good. Assists, 1.2 up. Good. Blocks stayed the same, went down 0.1. Steals went up 0.2. Fouls, who cares? They You know, it's under two, so it doesn't make a damn bit of difference. Um, but his turnovers doubled from 1.3 a game to 2.6 a game. Now you talked about in our last podcast with Trevi, when we did this about Trevion Williams, that you think a lot of the blame for those turnovers comes to the way that Purdue played their offense and specifically the way that they clogged up the lane with guys like Trevion Williams and guys like Zach E. But it sounds to sounded to me like you put a lot of the blame on Trevion versus Edie because they just play different games and Edie is better at pick and roll and better at, you know, maybe closeouts or seal offs of the lane and, and giving guys more room. And for me as a fan, it, it it's undoubtedly that Ivy is one of the most talented players to ever walk through the door at Purdue. But it was very disappointing to have such a talented player, a guy who's clearly going to go top five in the NBA draft and yet see Purdue falter in the exact same spot that they always seem to falter at the sweet 16, you know, with the, the one exception under painter of getting the elite eight, you know, this is the kind of athlete we've been told that we needed to have in order to get through uh, to the final four or beyond. And to see him be unable to, whether it was through, you know, the game plan, the defense of St. Peter's, whether, whatever the factor was to see him unable to break through and take over that game when we truly needed him to, is something I think that a lot of fans are going to remember. It doesn't take away those great shots against Ohio State. It doesn't take away that great three toward the end at St. Peter's. Um, but like I mentioned in the last podcast, 
all these guys are going to walk out having lost their last game, and that sucks because so much of the bitter taste in their mouths gets passed over to us as fans, and that's something we're going to remember. And it's unfortunate that he wasn't able to get to that Elite Eight and beyond, which I think is what his ability, his skill, and his career uh, deserved. That's fair, um, but I'm also it also felt like I, I don't think that game was as bad. The six turnovers was bad. Oh, yeah. Um, but we also talk about how, I mean, one of those turnovers was absolutely on Trevion Williams. I think two more, I don't think I would have really put on Ivy if I remember correctly. So, but I, he also in that game, I thought had one of his better defensive performances. Yes. He played with a lot of energy and more attention than we're used to. And I think that'll, obviously you don't get credit for that when you lose, but I think he was up to the moment. He had a bad offensive game. He also led the team in rebounds that game. He had eight. His energy was there. It was a big moment, and he brought it. He just forced a little, and yeah, exactly what you said. I believe that we did not help him at all with our offensive game plan, with our offensive personnel. I feel like Trevion never became a big man that made a guard's life easier with the ball in his hand, and it was a tough game to have Edie not, like, not be able to be on the floor. Uh, Edie had five turnovers that game, you know, I, I think I have to make a choice. Am am I going to let that last game tarnish everything um, for a guy who was still only a sophomore? I I thought we were clearly in the need of someone to step up. And I think Ivy recognized that and tried it. And I don't think he got a ton of help anywhere. And those are the kind of things that happen when you know, you have to be the guy and you have to press and everyone on the floor knows you have to press. He also shot no free throws that game. Yeah, that's what I was just going to point we out. We were both at that game. He should have been to the line. Oh, yeah, multiple There's times. There's no way you go from as many free throws as he shot against Texas to zero free throws. And, the and I think made sure that he was, A, not going to be efficient and turn the ball over because they were allowed to murder him the entire game. And I think that's one thing that is going to be an odd part of his legacy at Purdue is his inability not well not his inability his the fact that referees did not give him the benefit of the doubt he did not get the star treatment that you see other players get because if he truly was called like other star star guards have been throughout you know the last three four years of the ncaa uh he would have had 30 to 40 50 more free throws on the season and we saw him go to the lane just get hacked knocked down bumped fall on the ground and walk away with no call and the St. Peter's game was no exception. And having him, your lead guard, who took 12 shots, granted six of them were three-pointers, um, and walk away with no free throws is kind of astounding. And I don't know what it was about him uh, that referees just did not give him the benefit of the doubt that you see for other players, but it, it was just shocking to me, um, the lack of respect he got from officials. Yeah, do you know what's really hard to do, Ledman? A lot of things. It's really hard not to turn the ball over when you're being fouled. Yes. yes. And especially when you move at the speed that Jaden Ivy did. So, yeah, I'm going to say that game is not nearly as bad as the box score looked. And that I don't, I just, I don't put as much on that game. Maybe it's because I'm a homer for him. It, it totally could be. But I don't feel like he, he got the help from anyone else either. And if you're the best player, that, that weight does fall on you. But. I definitely don't think I don't come away from that game thinking, oh, Jaden Ivy lost us the game. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he did either. I think it was a number of factors, but it's it 
like I said, it's just unfortunate that the last game that he played had to leave that bad taste in our mouth with nine points, granted eight rebounds, but one of six from three, only four of 12 from the field. But rather than looking at that game as a, as just, you know, one, one game, I do want to, you know, note that, as I said earlier, he's still, regardless of what you think of his turnovers, one of the most talented players to ever come through the doors at Purdue. The way he carried himself, you know, once he got to the hoop, the things he could do in the air, the dunks, I mean, just outstanding, and nothing can take that away, um, even though he didn't get to the Elite Eight and beyond like we would have hoped. Um, he, he's a hell of a player, and he's always going to be remembered as such at Purdue. Just like I said in the podcast with Trevion and Sasha, it's one of those things where I have so much respect for the way he plays the game and his ability that I just wanted so much out of him. And perhaps that's unfair, but you know that that's the way I grade these guys. You got to grade them on grade them all on a little bit of a curve uh, when they just have so damn much talent. And Jaden Ivey has talent um, in the in in droves. So it's it's hard for us to really be fair um, because we have such great expectations for him. Yeah, it's rough. Um... He would have been a really fun player to have all the warm and fuzzy feelings about at the end of the year because uh, we've never seen anything like him in a long time in a Purdue uniform. And the things he was able to do and some of the moments and talent did not did not match up with the results. And that's a hard piece to make. And it, it sucks. But, you know, we've been pretty much ending on that note with all three of our reviews so far. And yeah, that's just what happens when you lose to a 15 seed. And that that's that's your swan song. So it's just like I loved most music, but that that final note it fell flat. Kind of wish you found something else. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we obviously will continue to talk about Ivy. Um, we're going to follow him through to the NBA draft and kind of see where he gets uh, selected. And as Casey said, it's going to be great to have a guy from Purdue who will more than likely be a star in the NBA um, and will hopefully, you know, help Purdue recruiting wise. Who knows? Maybe maybe Jay Nivey will put a couple million dollars in a Purdue collective for NIL um, once he gets that big contract. So we'll see. Uh, but we wish him nothing but the best. And uh, I, I think that about does it for us. Casey, you got anything else? That's it, Levin. For that, there you go. For Casey and myself, thanks for listening. Boiler up. Boiler up. Boiler up.